Uh, pray for the church. Pray for uh, leadership. We've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of good things. So praise God. We um, taught out of the book of Mark in October and November of last year, and then I said I would extend that uh, right before Easter because now we're into what we would call Holy Week, although it's not Holy Week, it is in the scriptures. And so Mark 11 through 16 is the last seven or eight days of Jesus's earthly life here on earth. And so we're going to walk through those chapters next week. Uh, if you're kind of an end time theorist, I'll be uh, speaking out of Mark 13, which deals with end times. And so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hit some of the high points. Um, most of it will just be in theory and interpretive. It won't necessarily be doctrine. So you need to know that going in. Pastor Mark said, blah, blah, blah. I'll be giving you my interpretation of the scriptures, okay? So with that being said, we're going to read out of Mark's gospel, the 12th chapter, three verses, 10, 11, and 12. Uh, Jesus speaking here, have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. He's asking a question. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them, so they left him and went away. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this church, uh, Lord, as it's growing, even throughout the community and just in a workforce, Lord, for you, labors. Open our hearts, Lord, to even here today, the things you have for us. Father, we just bless you and we praise you. And thank you, Lord, for a good and awesome day in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, amen. Praise God. So you know, we've talked about this, but in case you're kind of new, and I'll maybe hit it again next week, Mark's gospel could almost be a Peter's gospel. We believe, theologians say, that Mark got most of his information from Peter, okay? So he, when he says Jesus said, he's, he's hearing it from Peter because Peter was there. And so Jesus is talking out of Isaiah about being the cornerstone. And this is an important scripture. This particular chapter talks about the tenants of the field, uh, being good workers, being good laborers. As we follow Christ, we need to be good workers in what Christ would have us do. If you're working in the coffee shop, if you're working in the nursery, if you're working at the door, if you're greeting, if you're, uh, you know, if you're whatever, if you're working on the worship team, if you're whatever you're doing, not only in church, I'll use church as an example, but in your daily walk, in your daily life, that becomes your ministry. Those are things that you're doing then. And as you do it, you want to do it for the glory of God. It's not like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just handing out a a bulletin or I'm just opening a door for somebody, you might be the smile that somebody needs. You might be the high five that somebody just is looking for that day. It's like uh, many of us have gone to church at some point in time where we just, we were heavy in our heart. We needed something. We needed a smiling face. We needed, we needed that worship song. And maybe at the last moment, you, you would be surprised at the last moment, you know, during the week uh, when they're forming the list, Janie and Drew are talking about the list. And all of a sudden, Saturday night, Janie will send a text or say, or say, I think we need to change this one song. Well, it's probably because 
the Holy Spirit is dealing with her because the Holy Spirit knows somebody needs to hear this particular song or that particular song. Or I'll text a scripture over to Aaron who puts my messages in and the words in, and I'll say, hey, I need to add this verse, this scripture. And I don't even know why at the time, but undoubtedly it's probably somebody just needs to hear that, okay? Because God's word is alive. And so when Mark is hearing it from Peter about Jesus speaking out of Isaiah, hey, he's the cornerstone. It's foundational in our faith. He's the, he's the bright stone, the, the chief stone. He's the cornerstone. And we, we talked about the old building downtown. It was a Woolworths building built in 1900. And although it's built as part of a block, uh, if it were a standalone building back in the day, they would have put a cornerstone in there. And it would have said Woolworths, 1900 on it, and the address, 26 uh, 2nd Street North, 2nd Street Ave, Northwest Place Circle. Hickory's really difficult. It's just, Hickory just kind of has, like, whatever, they, it's like spaghetti. They throw it against the wall, whatever sticks. That's what the address becomes. And so if you're if we're dealing with people in Charlotte and they ask for our address, I give them the church address and they say, oh, you live in Hickory, don't you? Yes. What was your guess? Well, the fact that you have a street, place, circle, and a directional all as part of your address, that that's give us, uh, gives us one idea. So we talk about the, the cornerstone. Well, in the cornerstone then, when you, when you lock that in, that locks the foundation in place. So if Jesus is our chief cornerstone, then he locks our foundation in place. And it's, it's, you need to be locked into Jesus, okay? Like there's a lot of things going on in the world. There's a lot of things that's going on in life. And the one sure thing is Christ the Lord. Like, that's the one thing that if everything else is going to change, Jesus is not going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You, you need to know that. Somebody needs to hear that today because your life has been a whirlwind the last 12 or 13 months. Things have gone this way and that way. You've had emotional highs and you've had letdowns, and, but Jesus is the same. Please know that. That's important for you to know. Well, as the cornerstone then, he gives us about three different things, three main things. There's probably more because Jesus gives us an awful lot. But there's three main things I pulled out of this scripture that Jesus really gives us. First of all, Jesus gives us his name. This is important to know because in the marriage ceremony, okay, the man, when he gives his vows, the woman then, as she's returning the vows, takes the man's name, okay? When you announce at the end, uh, when Janie and I got married, we were the new Mr. and Mrs. Mark Dolphins, okay? So she took my name, and although she, you know, Dolphins is a different name, all right? It's a, it's a, it's a fish or a porpoise or a mammal or whatever. And, but I think over 40, almost, well, over, over 40 years, she's adapted to that name. It's a, it's a cool name, by the way. It's a cool name. And anybody, anybody in America that spells that name the way we spell it is directly related to my father. That's the coolest part. It's just like, man, it's just like, because he had six boys and he was the last dolphins of that spelling except for a few that live over in Belgium, which were like great, great uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird deal. But 
there's a name there, and they adapt that. So Jesus gives us his name. Hear that for a second. It's important for you to know that because now you have not only the name, you have the power, you have the authority, you have the rights that go along with that name. See, when we become Christ followers, that's a good thing. Like how many here, like you're a Christ follower, you're not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, I love Jesus. Uh, praise God. Uh, and if you're not, that's okay. We'll, we'll incorporate you in and we'll, we'll have you belong as long as you need to until you become. We're not going to force Jesus uh, down your throat today, but we're going to show you that Jesus is a better way, amen? Like Jesus is the right way. He's the real way. He's the, he's the best way, but we're not going to, we're, we're going to make sure that you understand what's taking place. So as a Christ follower, we receive Jesus, and so many times it's like, great, I'm not going to go to hell now. This is wonderful. It's so much more than that. It's so much more being a Christ follower. It's okay, now, Lord, what do I get to do for you? What do I get to do in your name? Well, I wrote down just a couple of things, okay, that the Bible says, Jesus speaking, where two or three shall gather together in his name. This is how powerful his name is. There is he in the middle of them. So right here, if we're gathered together in Jesus' name, he's here. He's, that's, a, that's like when Janie and I eat supper together because we're empty nesters, but we do it in Jesus' name, he's there. He's Like when you go home today, if your spouse is a, a Christ follower, if your kids are Christ followers, remember, you're taking Jesus with you. That's what we used to do with our kids when they were in high school. You know, uh, we were parents that allowed our kids to go to parties and different things, okay? And, and oh, people, some people would get all messed up. You don't let them do it. No, we trust them. But remember, we would tell them, wherever you go, you're taking Jesus with you. That's a good, that's a good parallel. Janie was like, okay, you're taking Jesus with you. Holy Spirit's going with you. Oh, man. Okay, we never had trouble that I'm aware of. <laughs> Listen, you have so much power in the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus said, if you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is the authority you have. It's the name by which every person under heaven will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. This is a powerful name. Jesus gives you his name now. Now you can say, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you heal my son or my daughter? Would you give me that promotion or at least wisdom on if I should take that job or not take that job? If I should get married or not get married? If I move or not move? You should, you should be able to say those things in the name of Jesus. See, we speak in the name of Jesus, and sometimes in our devotional, this, I think this past week or the week before, when Janie and I do a morning devotional, the, the person who wrote the book said, sometimes we speak in the name of Jesus just as kind of, a, of, of an end all, okay? Like we'll say a nice prayer and then we say, in the name of Jesus. And the person writing the devotions of this, you should actually start off, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring this prayer request before you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our church to grow, not because we want a large church, because we want people's lives changed. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bless not only our downtown campus, but our Lake Hickory campus and our Sunny Valley campus and our partnership in Cherokee on the reservation. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you? We kind of use it as a, a, almost a pseudo amen. But I like that fact that when we come to Jesus, we come to Jesus in, in his name. We come to his Father in the name of Jesus. You've been given, Revelations 2.17, a new name written down in glory, 
When you get to the other side, you're going to be given a stone. Is that metaphorical? It could be. Or you might actually have a stone with a, a name, kind of like your DNA that has a name change. And there's no other name that anybody has except that name that's been given to you. Why? Because you're a Christ follower. It's more than just being a Christ follower. Now you're a, you're a word doer. And as a word doer, say, okay, Lord, here I am. Use me. Just like Isaiah said, right? Here I am, Lord, use me. You've been given Jesus' name to use the authority thereof. And when we don't use the authority, it's not Jesus' fault. It's our fault, right? When I try to do things my way, on my time frame, when I try to do things that I want to do, I've, I've asked Jesus and all his authority and everything, you just wait right here, God, because I know a little bit better than you. Like, you, you don't understand, Lord. How many things Jesus understands better than any one of us? All of us put together. Why not use the name that he's given you? Number two, Jesus gave us his bond. He gives us a friendship. That's a bonding. So when that cornerstone was set, place, uh, set in place in a building, there was mortar or concrete set around it. And what did it do? It bonded then with the, the other bricks. So that foundation was square on the cornerstone. So this way it becomes square. This way it becomes square. So Jesus acts as our bonding agent that whenever there's anything that we need done in our life, we can make sure that he keeps us on the straight and narrow. The Bible says he'll make our crooked path straight. He'll show us how to bond. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right? He, he says to his disciples, I don't call you servants anymore. Now I call you friends. Why? Because you've been doing what I commanded you to do. We know these things in life that now Jesus is, is our friend. He, he's a bonding agent. There's, there's something just supernatural there when you know that you have Jesus on your side. Like, like he would be the best bodyguard, you know, that there is. He would, he would be the best secret service agent that there is. He would, he would be the best friend that there is. So we have a friend in Jesus, amen? I think we used to sing an old song, I, what a friend we have. I'm not going to sing it. I'll, I'll spare you the torture of me singing. What a friend. Someone to look out for you. Someone to, to, to look out after you. Someone to take care of you. Someone to watch over you. It doesn't happen around here that much, as much as it does maybe in the Midwest or in the, the north. Uh, how many's not from Hickory? Like in, in here, and we have a lot of people not from Hickory. Uh, and some people that aren't from Hickory, they grew up in the mountains. Some people watching online, they watch from so many different states and areas, you know, cold areas like New York and Nebraska, Missouri and Iowa and Kansas and South Dakota, Montana, Northern California. So they understand what I'm going to say about it being cold. And when it snows, like maybe in November, sometimes that snow stays around until Easter, and, and it doesn't melt, you know, or it does melt, but it doesn't melt all the way. And then it snows again. And, and, and like Omaha, where we're originally from, uh, one week they had 13 inches of snow. And then the next weekend they had like six or seven more inches. And then I showed Janie, look at there, they're, they're going to get snow again. And inside I'm secretly smiling like, man, I'm glad I don't have to shovel that snow. That snow's really good. North Carolina snow is the best. It snows or the threat of snow, and then they close everything down. There's no school, and then by 10 o'clock, you're all on the golf course. It's like it's melted, or there's like just a threat. Well, back 
you know, in northern states and in the Midwest, when they call for snow, it really snows. Like it might be 10 below, and there might be, you know, 30 inches of snow on the ground, and then the little, little grandbaby's got to go to school. Like, dear Lord, that's not, that's inhumane. Well, when our kids were growing up and we were living in Omaha, we had four kids, and all four kids were in different schools. Our daughter, Jill, uh, she's the oldest. She was a freshman at Bryan High School. Our daughter, Jessica, she's second oldest. She was a seventh grader at Bryan Middle School. Our son, Marcus, uh, was a fifth grader at Pawnee Elementary School. And then Andrew was in a, uh, he was in uh, preschool at a, a church preschool, but he would only go part-time. And not because it wasn't an everyday thing. If he didn't feel like it that day, he would literally say, Mom, Mom, I, Mom, I don't want to go. Mama, don't make, Mama, don't drop me off at this place. Mama, please don't drop me off at this place. And so I'd come home and ask how everybody was school, and, and Janie, Janie finally pulled him out after three or four weeks. It's just he wasn't ready for preschool. But we had four kids in four different schools, and as you can imagine, trying to take different ones to different schools and pick them up, Janie had a full-time job staying home, just trying to keep the house in order, and I would go off to work, and when I came home, we were pretty much the Beaver Cleaver family. She would have dinner ready, and we would sit down, and we would talk about everybody's day, how to go today, what's going on, how was practice, or did you pass your spelling test, all those good things, and because of the different places she was running the different kids to either cheerleading practice or softball or basketball practice or this or that. Every now and then one of them would have to walk home and we weren't, we didn't live too far from any of the schools and so a couple days there Marcus would be walking home uh, from school and apparently there was a, a bully that would pick on him. And so we were sitting at the dinner table, and, and uh, Marcus was a little bit distraught this particular night while we are eating. And so, what's wrong, buddy? He said, well, there's a kid who keeps picking on me and pushing me into the snowbank. And so I'm just kind of tired of it. And now, we grew up in South Omaha. And if you know people from South Omaha, they're a little bit like Burke County. <laughs> That's enough said. Those people who are online, I'll explain it some other day whenever we... But they, like... I was conflicted because I'm trying to be a good dad, a Christ follower. I'm trying to break out of the old self, and yet the old self wants to go Burke County on this guy. Like, I want to just, I want to, I want to, I want to tell Marcus, here's a good chance, just pop him. When, even when he's not, just, just hit him, Marcus, and, and, but I didn't. And so uh, I said, hey, let's, let's, let's see what happens. Let's, let's move through it again. And so, you know, a couple days later, same thing. Bully boy's picking on me. Papa, I don't know what to do. It's, is he big? Let's size him up first. Yeah, he's a big kid. All right, well, so can you outrun him? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're trying to go through some of the scenarios, okay? I'm just, and so... Janie's pretty quiet through the whole thing. She's not saying a whole lot. She, I think she's trying to figure out what am I going to do through this. Like I, I, I want to I wanna take care of it, but again, I'm conflicted because I, I don't necessarily know how I should handle it. I know how I would handle it, but I, I want to do what's right. And so a couple days pass by. I'm praying about it. I think that's the spiritual thing to do. I'm going to early morning prayer. I'm praying about it. I'm reading my Bible. That's not helping Marcus getting pushed into the snow. No bank, okay? Like every day he walks home, this kid's just picking on him, and, and we called him, start calling him bully boy. And so 
One day, maybe a week's gone by, we're asking the same thing, how's everything going? Vargas is pretty upbeat, he's got a nice smile on his face. I said, uh, did you have a good day, buddy? I had a great day. So tell me about it. He said, mama picked me up. I said, yeah, uh, oh, okay, that's good. And she said, oh, it was great, he said. I said, well, explain it to me. What, what, I mean, mama picking you up, that's, that's a highlight of your day? No, it's what mama did when she picked me up. What mama do when she picked you up? Well, I got in the van, Papa, and she said, where is he? And I said, where's who, mama? You know who I'm talking about. Where is that bully? And so Marcus said, I, I pointed him out. We, we drove up, and Mama sped around the corner in, in the minivan, and she got out, and I just stayed in the minivan, and Mama went up to that boy and grabbed him by the back of the head and said, you see that boy right there in that, in that minivan? That's my son. His name is Marcus. And while she's doing it, Papa, he, she's thrown his head into the snow head first, time after time. That's my son. His name is Marcus Dolphins. Don't you ever put his head in the snow ever again. And she <laughs> and the bully boy came up and had snow all over his face and he was probably shaking who is this maniac woman that just accosted me I thought for sure I was going to get a call from a parent the police or the principal <laughs> thankfully not one of them called Janie said yep I took care of it because you wouldn't <laughs> uh, I learned that day some things you don't pray about <laughs> something you just do. And that boy never did bother Marcus again two years later. Marcus was in the middle school, and he came home one day and said, Hey, Papa, you remember Bully Boy? I said, Yeah. I'm sure he had a name. I, probably not nice. Saying, not politically correct calling him Bully Boy, but he was a Bully Boy. Do you remember Bully Boy? And, and I said, Yeah. He said, uh, And I'm thinking to myself, It's snowing out. He's getting you back for what his mother, your mother did to him. I know that he said, today I led him to the Lord. Isn't that the coolest thing? It took two years later. Yeah, I just, listen. Church, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the moral behind the story. Now, as much as Janie loves Marcus, and now you, you all think I don't. I love him too. I was just trying to pray through it, and, and she came to a conclusion a lot quicker than I did, Okay. But as much as you love your children, as much as we love our children and our grandchildren, and with everything in us, wouldn't let anything to happen to them, don't you know God loves you that much more? And there's a snowbank, a spiritual snowbank somewhere where he's got the devil by the back of the head and says, stop messing with my kids, and shows them the cross where victory is because there's a bond that you form. When you formed and you received a relationship with Jesus Christ, you now became that person that Jesus Jesus says, wait a second, I've got a bond. doesn't mean that he doesn't love someone who hasn't accepted him yet. That doesn't mean that at all. He loves all people. God is love. Christ died for all. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But now there's a bond that we have with him because we receive him into our heart. Not only are we given uh, his name that we can use, but there's a bond where he looks out for us. Just like Janie was looking out for Marcus that day with the snowbank. You have a heavenly Father that's looking out for you. So one, he gives you, his, uh, he gives you his name. Two, he gives you his bond. And three, he gives you his life. This is what Christ died for. In Matthew 27 and 52, there's a really weird scripture, and we'll talk about it a little bit next week. But when Jesus died on the cross, all the graves were open. 
And so we don't believe there's necessary for a purgatory anymore. When people died before Jesus died on the cross, they had to go to a holding place. But as soon as Christ died on the cross, this holding place couldn't hold them anymore. Why? Because there's resurrection power flowing through those veins. They were, they were alive. They were in God. They received Christ uh, at the work that he did on the cross, but now they, they popped out of the graves. And the song that we started the service off with, we, we're going to sing again because there's one really cool part in there, and it's like the man who was thrown on Elijah's bones. Uh, let's read. 2 Kings 13 for a second. I want to revisit that verse. Elisha died and they buried him. Now bands of Moabites used to invade the land in the spring of the year. And as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band was seen, and the man was thrown into the grave. In other words, they were, they were in a panic. These guys are coming. They're going to attack us. Let's not bury this guy. Let's just throw him into the grave. It happened to be Elisha's grave, and as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet. Now, that's like a Steven Spielberg movie. Church, that's, I mean, listen, all they have to do is read the Bible, and you have as much of this, wow, like that just is shocking. This man stood to his feet. All of a sudden, he became alive. And why? Because Elijah had that much God in him. Now, I want to tell you for a second a couple of things. One, Elijah's legacy, just like yours, will continue to live even long after you're gone. When you, when you live for God, all of a sudden, it becomes now your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, your sons and daughters and people that move on. And you, maybe you've gone on. But you started a legacy there. Number, number two, God used a weakness. This man was dead. Elijah, theologians say, would have been dead for about a year. So like he's dead dead. He didn't die yesterday. He's dead. They, they were in a hurry just to get rid of him so that they could hide. They were given a proper burial. So sometimes the Bible says, Paul speaking, that we, we expose our weaknesses to show God his strengths. So in our weakness, he's made very strong. You have to know that sometimes when you go through junk in life, it's the Lord just saying, hey, I know you're weak in this area, but I'm really strong in this area. And you're going to be able to glorify your Father just by going through this. And people that have gone through sicknesses, and people that have gone through death, people that have gone through layoff, people that have gone through heartache in the last 12 or 13 months, they're the ones that really, truly show God's glory. Come on back, worship team. They show, they show God's glory above all else. And then the last but not least thing, just regarding that, that little analogy, that story, which I believe happened. I believe that's a, a true happening in Scripture, is this man obviously was having a bad day. He died. They're going to bury him. But one, one issue one little thing that took place, and all of a sudden, this dead man's bones were alive. And when we sing this song again, I want you to grab it for a second, because the one thing Jesus gave us with, along with his life was resurrection power. Yeah, you may physically die from this life, but Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. So what's that saying? We have resurrection power flowing through us. We have resurrection life coming through us. So Jesus gave us his name, great. He gave us his bond, fantastic. He takes care of us. He looks out for us. He gave us life. And why, why so many Christ followers are, are living just a, a downward spiral, downward lifestyle, is they don't really recognize you have resurrection blood flowing through you. Elisha got an 
even though he passed from this earth, there was still so much spirit in him that he raised dead bones. It was his 14th miracle. And by the way, he asked for double portion of what Elijah had when he picked up the mantle. That became his 14th and double portion miracle. Stand with me today right where you're at. If you're comfortable doing so, just close your eyes. If you're watching online, just kind of bow your head or just meditate for a moment. If you're here today and you just need, you just need new life. You need just, you need to gravitate, say, man, I need, I need a change in my life. I need, I need a sense of newness in my life. I need, I need just need to, I need to recognize that when I received Christ as my as my savior. I need that newness that comes with it. The old thing should pass away. If you're here today and you and you say, Pastor Mark, I need new life in my life. Just raise your hand right where you're at. It's okay. It doesn't mean you, yeah, hands all over the building. You bet. I need new life, Pastor. Listen, we all, we all need it. Now, if you have issues that you need to get rid of and get away from, go ahead and move on. Get, just put, let the past be the past. Let the old things be the old things. Get ready for some new, some new life, some new beginnings. Let me pray for for you as we sing this song again i wanted to let, let it resonate within you let those dry bones live let that resurrection life flow through your veins father in jesus name we pray right here we pray right now we ask lord father that you would just revive us lord let that let there be new life within our dry bones let there be let there be a rattling take place lord we don't have to settle Lord, that we can move forward and impact power for you. Lord, that we can know who you are. Lord, and you can live through us, Lord. We pray, Father, Lord, that you start to work those things out in our life. And everything that we do, work it out, Father. Change it, Lord, but first of all, change us. Lord, those that raise their hands, Father, if there's issues, Father, Lord, of uh, things in their life that you need them or you're asking them to get rid of, show them, Father, the things that they need to get rid of. Show them the things in their life, Lord, that they're, they're not pleasing you with, Father. We pray the Holy Spirit, Lord, would deal with us all. In Jesus' name we pray.
got to speak, live. We got to declare that. If something is, seems dead and it's not working out, you just start prophesying to them what could be, look like dry bones. It could look like something's dead, something's just not happened. And you just start getting in your prayer time and you just start saying, live. Hear the word of the Lord because this is what he said. He said to live and he gave us that right and that authority that we can call things aren't as though they are. So if something in your life, your situation, you're going through something tough, you just start saying, you know what? I prophesy to this and I declare it's going to live. I declare it's going to work out. I am just prophesying to that situation. Amen. We're going to do that. Do that this week. What a good word. Great word. Some of it could have been left out, but good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. There's a few moms in here that might say, I'll take care of it. Yeah, right? See? <laughs> I got a few that agree with me. I know. Probably wasn't what you should do, but he was way bigger than me anyway. And I, I did I did tell him, I will talk to your parents next. If this don't work, I'll go to your parents. So I'll put... Yeah, let's just go there. Okay, all right. Well, what a great day. We will be back here next week at 11 or downtown at 9.30. But um, invite your friends because, you know, with having two campuses, we got those cards out there. Just get out there and invite people and say, hey, come check it out. And we'd love to have you um, with us here and, and down there. So thanks for being with us today let me just pray blessings over you father we just pray that you go with each and every person today just let your light shine and your favor go with them any situations that they're they're asking you for or things that might seem like it's over or it's dead bones we speak life and we say hear the word of the lord and the word of the lord says to live so we prophesy that to to dead situations hard situations we speak live 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 in Jesus' name, we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Love y'all so much. Have a blessed day. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.